Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, and welcome back to another Unveiling Grace podcast episode. So glad you're with us. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. And this is part two with Susan Mallow. Um, Susan was telling us that her husband, who came from Catholicism, had had a quite a born-again experience and got connected with the Word of God. And Susan wasn't quite there yet, still having been raised Mormon in Idaho. Um, she was still defending the Mormon church, although attending a Christian church with her husband. Tell us, um, you were going to tell us what kind of things he did right that kind of were bringing you along. Mm-hmm. So, um, he definitely, I had mentioned that he was a prayerful man. So he, we are both very strong-willed. And so he knows battling me will be a battle. And when I asked him to stop putting all of the why Mormons aren't Christians information on my nightstand, he was respectful of that, which is extremely important. Even though he wanted to keep doing it, he didn't. He reached out to our life group and he involved the men from our church that, that we had truly been building life with to help him as we did this walk together. Mm. And then our life group really jumped in and, and helped us as well, that he was patient and he was prayerful. And um, one of the things, you know, when you grow up in the church, you know that there are things you love about the church and things that yes. you don't. I loved that there was always leadership. And hmm. it's, it's a silly thing because I love having all of the rights that I do as a woman but I also love knowing that my husband's job is to care for me and that my husband in the end, I sort of can pass the buck. Cause even though we work as a team, he <laughs> he's going to be responsible. The, yep. He is responsible. He is my spiritual leader. He is the spiritual leader of our home. And while we always go back and forth with things, um, I trust him in the end. And so to have come from that background, which he knew nothing about, mind you, because that is not his background. Right. He is just doing what the spirit is prompting him to do. He was listening to me. He was respecting me and he was prayerful. And Mm -hmm. for someone who grew up Mormon, watching their husband allow himself to be led by the spirit. And to take the spiritual head in the church. Yes. And it, yes. And it made me realize I could trust him to, I could trust him to lead me spiritually. Mm -hmm. And if I could trust him to lead me spiritually, then, you know, it's going to be okay. And again, he had no idea but that set the stage for the entire rest of our marriage. And to this day, he makes a decision about something and it could be whether we change a church or we do something different. And I will always go and, you know, he's always like, we need to pray about this and I will always pray about it. But my husband is in tune with God and he is willing to be obedient. And I learned that then he was obedient to the spirit. So that is, I mean, two years, that's a long time to wait for your wife to catch up. All I can say is you had to have had an amazing life group because Lynn and I have both heard horror stories of well-intentioned Christians blasting away 
at Mormons or former Mormons with all this anti-stuff. And all it does is drive them away. It makes them harder. Some it's even driven back to the LDS church. Mm-hmm. So for your life group to step in and contribute positively, what were the things that they were doing? And was this a mixed couples life group? So it was a husbands and wives meeting together? Um, yes, it was, it was a mixed couples and um, it was varied ages. So like I, there were family units that would be in there. So we had one couple and we'd meet at the grandmother's house. So the grandmother was a member of the church and she'd host us and the, their grand, you know, their grandkids would be there. So it was just a hodgepodge. We had a brand new, they were with us through my first pregnancy, my baby, like they were just with us. So our life group handled this by becoming our family. And Uh, when you're with your family, they didn't know, they don't know about Mormonism and they weren't experts in Catholicism, but they did know how to be Christ followers. They were disciples of Christ and they discipled us. Mm -hmm. And that is how we got through it because they weren't like, oh, you're right. You know, Cisco, she is crazy to not do that. No, they were like, you know what? We're, you live by example. So when it was a holiday or Thanksgiving or whatever, we were part of the family. So we were going to grandma's house and we were doing all of their activities and the baby was coming along. (laughs) And again, for someone who grew up in the Mormon faith, family is everything and feeling that unity and community. So they were loving me without even realizing that they were doing everything right. They were just being disciples. They were living their faith. Mm. And we joined that group in 2002 Okay. So we had, we had been in that group. He, he was baptized in 2002. We started like he knew when he knew he knew. So we start found this church. He was baptized people in our life group. One of the men helped baptize him. We were in this group and we were with them and they just loved us. And to this day, all of these, we've lived in different States. You know, we've been out, out here in Texas, every life group we're in, we hold to that standard. Every life group we lead, we hold ourselves to that standard because it was phenomenal. It was family. It was, it was, you just love and you help people get through it and you do it with grace. Two things. I want <laughs> to emphasize what you're talking about. And then second, I, ha- I have a question that I think is really important. You and I both mentor folks coming out of Mormonism and one of mm-hmm. their greatest concerns, right, is leaving their family relationships behind or having those be broken or interrupted, right, by their becoming a traditional Christian. One thing I always tell them is, look, God is able to replace any relationships that become broken or even toxic, right? God mm-hmm. is able to heal that by replacing that relationship in a way with a relationship that's more healthy, right? And often that's by someone else who's within the body of Christ. And so my question is, your husband was printing out all these things for you to read about Mormonism and giving them to you, but it sounds like those readings were not making progress with you. Were they Christian? Was it biblical or, or was it Mormon history? Tell me what, what you were reading. So that's a great question. And you're going to find (laughs) out a lot about me in this answer. (laughs) The titles would let me believe that some were Christian. Some were just historical, like a lot of things about um, Joseph Smith, who he was as a person, prophecies that didn't come to pass, things that I knew or heard about, but didn't care to check out. And I continued to not care to check them out. He would put them on my nightstand 
and I would put them in a drawer mm. because I wasn't Mormon, but I'm Christian. You don't need to tell me about the Mormon church not being true. I already know. And so I didn't want to read it. Okay. So I don't even know if there was anything in there that would tell me why they weren't Christian. I was already struggling in my head with the Godhead. Like I already was battling with the entire thing stems around Jesus Christ and what he did for us is the Jesus Christ I'm reading in my Mormon Bible, the same Jesus Christ in this Christian Bible mm. and reading all these articles were not helping me with that. It was a spirit thing. I needed this and I needed God's word and I needed the Holy spirit. Yeah. You needed truth, right? Mm -hmm. Not to get it against air or not to focus on. Yeah. Air. Yeah. So to be, so to be honest, I, and I kept them like I, you know, I have just this stack of stuff um, that I would just keep in the drawer, but it wasn't what I needed at the time because I'm like, I know Joseph Smith. I like, I get it. His stuff didn't come. I know everybody thinks he's a cheat. Everyone thinks he's a, I know that that's not my problem. And so, and he didn't understand because his God was God. And I, I've told him and I've tried to explain to him, I said, I, as a, as a, an ex-Mormon who has found true Christianity, biblical, the biblical Jesus, it almost, I would almost wish if anyone had to struggle that they would know Buddha or they would know nothing because it's easier to know nothing and to be introduced to truth than mm -hmm. to think you have known truth and the truth you think you've known has the same names yes as same the terminology truth, yeah. the same we're using the trinity we're using god jesus christ the holy spirit or the holy ghost and then you have to decipher that all of that that you've known is 100 percent not what every christian is talking about mm -hmm. and for christians they don't understand the mind game that that plays as a Mormon transitioning into Christianity. It is a struggle. And until Christians understand like, no, the Mormon God was human once. And then they're like, what? And you're like, there we go. Like, let's just wrap our head around that. <laughs> yeah. Because the same name, but totally different. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't need all the literature. I needed my heart to be softened. And the only way that could happen was by the grace of God, by the Holy Spirit. And by people who kept feeding truth in me and by those prayers um, and patience. I mean, I, I am stubborn. I wanted to make sure if I'm going to dive into something, it is truth because I'm not going down a rabbit hole again. I can't do it. I couldn't. I had wandered for so long looking for truth that right. I was scared to find the wrong thing. Yeah. And, I, and he just had to be patient with me. So what you're was. saying, Susan, is... There could be a whole lot of really good stuff from our website in there, and you would even know it was there. <laughs> <laughs> there That's could be, like, but, but you know what? Yes and no, because I went to your website, didn't I, Joel? That's how I met you. Yes. Because even though I was a Christian, I still battle with, like, I'm teaching my children now. And so I want my children to know all of this truth. And so they'll ask me things about God or they'll ask me things about Jesus or they'll ask me things. The one that gets me every time they'll ask me things about Abraham and I mm -hmm. have to sit there and slow down because remember Mormons are learning all they're learning biblical scripture and their own scripture and they learn it meshed together. Yes. So as someone who becomes Christian and I'm teaching my children Christian truths, I'm saying things out loud and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm having to pull out lies all the time and keep truth in and be careful. So there are times when they would ask me God things that I would say, you know what, 
daddy's going to answer that. And I would listen because I wasn't sure if what I was going to say would be correct or if it was still going to be altered. So your website is where I turn because it's so has amazing things that now that I know what it is to be a Christian, now I'm going there because I need to see, Oh, that's why, Oh, this is this. Now that's a better way of explaining it because I'm right. receptive, but still searching. Right. Does that and make there's sense? so oh, it much does. that has to be sorted. Right. Right. Yes. And that's, that's what Untruth. I'm realizing hearing you. And, and it helps me understand more and more Lynn, why you say for you, it was like a five year process yeah, it was. because I guess I didn't, until you talked about it, meshing the fact that, because Mormonism isn't totally false. I mean, there are elements of truth, yet it's mm -hmm. so woven in mm -hmm. that those Mormon threads have to be disengaged from the fabric. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and they're so woven that it's not like you go, oh, well, we'll just cut out this one hole here out of the fabric that's Mormonism and now we know everything is okay. No, the stuff is so intertwined and there are and, so many of them that have to be dealt with yes, that yes, sometimes wow. it's years later before that particular subject comes up, right? Which is yes. one reason why on our website, the Bible Topical Guide, I try to work former Mormons through that whole process mm -hmm. faster by yes. giving them where the truth is in the Bible. But here, real quick, here's my favorite story about that. Mike and I were speaking at a conference one time at an ex-Mormon Christian conference, and this gentleman said that he had grown up Mormon, but he'd given his life to Jesus. He had been a Christian for 20 years. Mike was talking about the atonement, and he, he said something about the atonement occurring on the cross, and this man was adamant that the atonement happened in the garden. I'm mm -hmm. thinking, that... wow, this guy's been going to a Christian church for mm -hmm. 20 years, and this is still something he has not sorted out, right? And he's just yeah. adamant that he's sure that the atonement happened in the garden, and yet that's a distinctive Mormon teaching, not Christian at all. Right, right. So it's funny you say that, Lynn, because, you know, I was baptized in 2004, um, and then, and accepted, like, I get, I, I understood the cross. I understood salvation. I understood that it was not workspace. I got it, right? So my brain, we were good. I could accept that. In 2012, February of 2012, Ooh. mind you. So eight years down I, the road. Yes. Mm -hmm. I went to a women's retreat and I was listening to someone speak that I was not a fan of. I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> not the best speaker, but it doesn't take the best speaker. It takes the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit spoke through that woman. And I was a wreck. They were passing me Kleenex. I was falling. And it was all about abiding and abiding in him. And it just, it's, you know, I'm just like, okay, this is stuff I've known for forever. But the Holy Spirit convicted me at that moment that I had never, I accepted the head knowledge, mm. but I was still hung up with the names. Mm. And I hadn't forgiven or trusted God to be God. Yeah. Because in my head, I was still like, but are you, which God am I really talking to? I hadn't released it yet. Wow. So eight years later, I was flat on the ground in a hotel room, a total wreck going, mm. forgive me, because I have never trusted you. I've said, yes, I believe you did this, but I've never trusted you. So in my head, my salvation came in 2012 when I trusted that God did that for me. I understood it in 2004. 
I accept it. Okay, yeah. In 2012, I trusted that he did it for me. Okay. So the, so the, the question that comes immediately to my mind is this. So what change did that make in your connection with Jesus, in your understanding of God? Because I think that's such a crucial part of the Christian faith is that trust mm -hmm. component. Mm -hmm. It led me to understand more about why I was still struggling because I, I expected myself to just be freeing. And so um, I still did. I did and did. I don't know how to have a faith and not do. And mm, so I was busy, yeah. busy, busy. I actually was on ministry in a church. Like I was doing. You were still doing the performance thing. I was. And with that, it, it just reminded me it's been done and you have to trust him that it's been done. Like he has given you a gift and he has pursued you. So there is something for you to do, but not what you've been doing and what's it going to be. And it was on that, it was in 2012. And like I, one thing I've never let go of are um, journals. I'm a journaler. I write <laughs> yes. everything. And um, it was in 2012 that he said, now, you know, so now your job is to tell them. And he put in my heart this. And so in 2012, I knew I needed to reach Mormons who were struggling like I was still struggling all these years later to be able to let go and to accept and trust that he had us. And I didn't have to do, I didn't have to doubt. I could just let him fill me. And so wow. I, I, I knew I had to do something for Mormons. Now, mind you, I don't know a lot of Mormons in Texas, just here to tell you, I don't yeah. know a lot. I'm in a Bible belt, but it's my family is still, and my family will always be on my heart because I've tried and tried and tried to um, share truth with them and they don't want to be bothered. And, and we've come to an agreement that this is something we don't talk about. Um, I share, yeah. hello, I share through my kids because they try they sometimes try to talk to my kids about things and my kids are very knowledgeable and share truth mm -hmm. because they can. But um, it, it was a calling for me that I needed to reach out. And one of those things was I might need to write a book. I need to write my testimony. And then that's where Lynn came in because okay. I encountered during this process, <laughs> unveiling grace. Oh, wow. Because I didn't, I didn't know how to, I, I have so many starts to how do I share my story without I'm not bashing the Mormon faith because who I am is because of how I grew up right. and I learned so many amazing things. And I know that there is a higher power. I know the power of God and what the spirit can do. And that was instilled with me, even though it was false. And I'm saying it was false, but I knew there was something bigger. So I'm not going to bash anyone. My, I, my family is Mormon. I love my family. They are amazing people and they have morals and a love for people that I've never, they're just, they don't know. They don't know. And so I've been trying to find ways to reach them. And I was writing and writing, and then I found Unveiling Grace, and I read it, and I was a wreck because I'm like, it's there. She's already written. This is what I've been through. And to know I wasn't alone and that, oh, man. that other people had come <laughs> through this, and I bought copies, and I gifted them to, to my family, whom oh. they're like, oh, thank you. Now, has it impacted them? No. But they've got them. And one day, mm -hmm. it is my prayer that they'll open that book. And so it started this this ministry. And then I found out, you know, through IRR 
you know, I, like I said, I'm looking you up. I'm trying to figure this out. And then I'm like, I can mentor. I don't know where God has called me and I don't know how to reach these people. And then you came in and said, Hey, I've got people from around the world. <laughs> we'll bring them to you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They need people like you who have been in this spot and who have found Christ. Right. Because the thing that, that breaks my heart is I've met so many Mormons who aren't Mormons. So they're nothing. Yeah. I don't know how to transition and to help them transition to keep going because God is there. And so, um, you know, in my head, I, I go through and I'm analyzing why are they giving up? Why are they going back? Why are they not finding Christ? Just there, it's just constant. Mm -hmm. And then, so, so that's where this has led me um, to here. So how did my life change? I trusted God. He gave me a, a calling. I didn't know how to do it. I've met both of you. And then I sit here in 2020 and we're doing a podcast that can go everywhere to help people know, don't give up, don't stop. Let the crazy that's in your head be there and work through it because mm. God is bigger than the crazy in your head. Mm. And he will win. Yeah. Your, that Holy Spirit has you and he, he will win when you just say, take me, I'm yours. So that's where it's led me. Wow. The scripture that broke me was I'm doing this intellectual thing with the word and I come upon, these are the very scriptures that testify of me. Yet you, like he was saying, you, Lynn Wilder, refuse to come to me to have life. Mm. Oh, it's more than mm -hmm. just an intellectual exercise. It oh, has yeah. to do with this total trust in you, Lord, this turning mm -hmm. my life over to you, Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. when things change. And that's when things change. <laughs> I, I loved it. I was, I was reading Galatians and I actually have it here, Galatians 5, where it talks about freedom in Christ. And it says, so mm. Christ has truly set us free. Yeah. And then when you go on um, into verse seven, it says, so you were running the race so well, who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God for he is the one who called you to freedom. Mm. And I sit here and think who is holding me back? I've been called. I've been called to freedom. And when I heard that woman and she just kept talking about abiding in him, abiding in him, he can't invite in you. If you aren't abiding in him, you you've got to open yourself to that. It was just, yes. it, it changed everything. It changed everything. Christ is our freedom. And once we just, give that and just accept it. And we don't have to be a slave to the works we do or that we don't do. I avoided service like service projects forever, oh. <laughs> because I felt like, like I've always had to do them. And so my right. heart has never been right. Now it is with an entirely different spirit. I serve because he served me. I serve because it is a joy, not a duty. I yes. serve because I can, not because it's getting me higher in a kingdom. There's it's, it's a whole different feeling. So we're down to the last few minutes and yeah. you have spent several years now mentoring folks um, who are coming out of Mormonism and trying to find some healing in life. Do you have some advice for, for folks who are Mormon and afraid to make this journey? Uh, I do. Um, I tell them all that because it, it, just like you talked about, so much of it is family. You just have to trust. You have to, um, there is a reason God, there is a reason you're going through what you're going through because God has called you. He, he's watching you and he's pulling you to him. And you have to trust that when he pulls, it's going to be good. And it doesn't mean that it's without pain. 
And I do not have the same relationship with my family that I had before, but we still love each other. We're still close, but I have new family. And you're right, God is faithful and he will never leave you alone and you're gonna struggle. And there might be some ugly things and people may be upset with you, but just be honest, let them know where your heart, where your heart is and love them. Mm. Don't stop loving them. There is nothing saying you can't love your Mormon friends, your Mormon family, just because you're not with them. They might not love you for a minute because they're angry, but when you love them, they're going to eventually love mm. you back. Hang in there. It's going to be a long ride, but it's a ride worth taking. Wow. Wow. Well, that I can't think of any better way to wrap up this podcast. Susan, thank you so much for sharing so candidly and openly from your heart mm -hmm. and for really sharing how grace has been that which has brought healing to you and to your marriage and your relationship mm -hmm. with God. Lynn, right. anything you want to say to It's been a to wonderful her? gift to, to meet you and to hear your story. And again, to know that God took unveiling grace and used it one more time. His work, his work, his work. It's no longer about us, right? In Mormonism, it was all about me. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. I just come along for the ride. This God is wonderful and we highly recommend him. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, hey. Thank you. Yeah. And thank, thank you. you to our listeners for being with us on another episode of Unveiling Grace podcast. Mm. We're here and we really hope this is something that helps encourage your heart and helps you find a grace that can heal you. And I think you can find Susan maybe by getting a hold of Joel off of his website, IRR. Yeah, absolutely. You if you're listening mentor. to this, you're going, I want Susan to mentor me, then go ahead and contact us at mit.ir.org and request a mentor. And you can specifically request Susan if you want to. And I know she'll be happy to say yes if we say, hey, Susan. I'd love it. I love it. <laughs> Grace and peace. Until next time. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. Mm -hmm.